My name is Dan Harker, part of the Harker Five Star Team. We're with Keller Williams Realty, and we cover the North Dallas, Dallas County, Collin County, Tarrant County areas as a team. God's still holding me responsible to make sure I'm acting in such a way that's going to push them closer to Christ. My actions, my words are either pushing people away from Christ or it's driving them closer to Christ. That's Dan Harker, the leader of the Harker Five Star Team at Keller Williams Realty. He is doing some great work that you're going to want to hear about. But first, I want to thank the sponsors, Tom and Jen Sherman of Benchmark Mortgage, along with Todd Mitten of Wingstop. Thank you so much for sponsoring the walk. Now, let's get started with this edition featuring Dan Harker of Keller Williams Realty. Bringing you the stories of athletes, celebrities, and everyday Christians doing extraordinary things. It's time for The Walk with Frito and Shivers. All right. Thank you, Jessica. We're back with another edition of The Walk. It's Frito and Shivers straight from Mexico. Just got back from Mexico, didn't we, Dave? Quite an adventure. Quite an adventure, Frito. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to get to go into all of that, but we have a special guest here today, Mr. Dan Harker. Good friend of mine, a leader at Prestonwood Baptist Church, has served as a deacon. Tell us about some of the leadership roles that you've served at our church, Dan. Uh, I've had the opportunity to volunteer and be part of the Presswood uh, Christian Academy Board, and I serve as the the chairman for the Presswood Pregnancy Board. Currently. That's right. I knew that. Love that ministry. My wife is on that board with you. I serve with your wife. Yes, and that is. I keep an on thinking how in the ministry. world you uh, you met her. She I know. Is a sweet person. Way outpunted my coverage. <laughs> uh, she is unbelievable. I actually heard a very wise man, businessman at one point, um, when I was just in college, out of college, guy I worked with during uh, the summers. He was an SMU guy who owned a business down in San Antonio. He said, "Shivers, don't ever make the mistake." I only made it one time of ever hiring a guy within my company who doesn't marry over his head. He said it just shows an ability to sell and to hide your flaws and to uh <laughs> anyway, that's just stuck with me yeah. for a long time. So I appreciate that compliment about Absolutely. Holly Shivers. She's sweet. She's amazing. I've heard that too. So I should be able to get any job I want. Just, just <laughs> sure. flash a picture of my wife. I should be hired like that, right? There is no question that you two. Uh, I mean, you're a good looking guy, Dave. I, I just must be really charming. <laughs> yes. yes. And uh, so, anyway, many opportunities, many places that Dan has uh, served. And Mark and I both, obviously, uh, faithful members mm-hmm. and uh, at, at Prestonwood love our pastor, the leadership of our church, and been so blessed uh, by the Prestonwood family. Tell us um, a little bit about your faith journey, Dan, and, and, and maybe how you came to know uh, Christ, maybe where you grew up, a little bit about your background, either here in the Metroplex or even uh, your spiritual journey and church background. So it's it's been a fun journey in our family, and it's uh, I became a, a Christian when I was eight years old at when Billy Graham came to Texas Stadium. Oh man, back in one 19, of my heroes. One in, back in 1972, my dad grew up Mormon, and wow. his great grandfather was the first white baby that came into Utah. Was born in Utah, and when that whole journey went over there, and so my dad's grandfather was a missionary a Mormon missionary over in London. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a lady who was on the radio over in Europe at the time. This was back in the early 20s. And he had been on a missionary trip over to London and happened to catch her broadcast. It was broadcast over there, but they also played tapes over in the States. I, I don't remember her name right now, but he listened to her and she was a believer. 
Yeah. And she used to do a lot of tent revivals in LA. But anyway, he heard her. And while he was over there, he realized that he was, he had his ladder up against the wrong wall. And when he came back from his journey, his two year mission trip, he walked in and handed his papers and he said, I'm done. I'm not doing this more and became a believer. No, this and is Christ. your grandfather. This is, this is my great grandfather. Great grand. Okay. And when, and my, my aunt was telling me the story because the story has been passed down is that when he was over there, he felt like God was saying, you're going to lead your whole family to Christ. Wow. And so, and he would go in, the story was told that he would go into the parlor and would listen to this radio show and not let anybody in there, his wife or his kids in there, because he wanted to hear the word of God that was being preached. And so, long story short, my aunt was in Arizona, and my aunt had gotten in trouble, and she was in Arizona, and as part of her punishment, she was... She had to go give a ride. She was not a Christian, and she had to give a ride to a blind man over to this church in Arizona and uh, in the Phoenix area, and he, she would drop him off. He was blind, and she'd go pick him up and take him back, And but this was part of her. She got in trouble. She had to go take care of this guy, and one day she got there early, and her husband was a heavy equipment operator, and he was running equipment all around town, and he she went in and sat in waiting for the service to be done, and it went for an extra 20 minutes, and the guy gave an altar call. And she, in that 20 minutes she was there, she realized that she wanted to believe her, and she went forward and gave her life to Christ. And she found the blind man. She goes, you're not going to believe it. I got here a little early. He goes, no, you don't understand. We knew you were here, and we've been praying for you wow. that you'd come to Jesus. Wow. And so she left there and came back, and her husband came home that night, and she... When she left the church, she goes, I've got to go tell my family about Jesus, and was to tell her mom about this. And her mom lived in Montana at the time. And so she came home from this experience of the church, and her husband came home from working. Uh, he had a caterpillar. It was just moving dirt and such. And he came, and came home and said, hey, you're not going to believe it. They just gave me a week off from work. And what do you say we go up to Montana to see your family? And she's like, I need to That's tell exactly you something. exactly what I was thinking. So they went up there, and she went and shared the story with her mother, who was the daughter of the man who was over in Europe. And she was telling the story, and she goes, you're not going to believe this. I've been rejecting it. But her father had told some of the family, I've been tasked to lead us to Christ. Well, not many people found one. So when Mary Lou came back, I told her mom, she goes, I think this is God's plan is playing out right now. And so... Mary Lou told my my grandmother, my grandmother, my dad would fly her down during the winters uh, for Christmas to come spend time with us. She came down here, and this is back in 1972. She showed up at our door and took us to a little church over on Campbell Road. It was a little full assembly gospel church. And she took us there, and we're all a little unsure about what it was. And at this point, your family is unchurched, like has no, no real, no. or Mormon. What are y'all at that point? Nothing. My dad was a bat. My bat. My dad was backslidden. They call him a Jack yeah. Mormon. Okay. And Jack Mormons were you're, you're yeah. You're, you're not, Mormon, you're not just not doing you're not anything. active. And and so she came down, and we went to this church service with her. And she goes, "Hey, I hear there's there's this pastor, this preacher who's coming to town by the name of Billy Graham, and I'd I'd like to go get us seats to go to it." And so we all went to it, and we all walked down the aisle at that time. Everybody, your whole family. The whole family. My brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, myself. And then that summer, there was a camp that was finishing its last week up in uh, the summer up in Denton by the name of Sky Ranch. Yeah. And Sky Ranch, my folks said, hey, let's send send them off to camp. Well, that journey now is... uh, 
I went there as an eight-year-old, and I'm convinced I spent six years, six summers there going as a camper, and I feel like that's where my faith was established. Mm. And and now, then I worked there. I was a camper. Then I worked there for six years. I met my wife at Prestonwood. I never would have ended up at Prestonwood or in the church if I hadn't gone to Sky Ranch. Yeah. We took my daughter back to Sky Ranch and dropped her off at camp. I now serve on the board at Sky Ranch, took my daughter back to camp and my son. My daughter was a camper there for six years, worked there for six, three years. She met her husband there, and they got married in January. Amazing. I keep going back to... The great-grandfather, if he hadn't followed it, you know, you never know where the journey's going to take you. Sky Ranch has changed so many lives, and so that's 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 what journey will let me to Sky. I mean, if I I never would have met my wife if I hadn't gone to Prestonwood. Yeah. And I was convinced every good-looking woman at Prestonwood was married, and there was one <laughs> left. And uh, so— and God saved her just for you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So you would confess, as Mark and I did a moment ago, that you married over your head. Can we get a amen a plug I, in or I, an amen for Mrs. Harker? I, you know, every day, I, you know, it's one of those things. I've been married uh, almost twenty-seven years, and every day you look up, I'm like, how in the world did I never dated anybody longer than three months in my life? And and then I met her, and it just it was just one of those journeys that just unfolded, and it wasn't. It, I neither one of us were looking for that, and it just happened. Listen to this backwards brag. Okay, okay. I'm ready for it. I was even uglier when I married Sherry. <laughs> no way, because so that shows you how good a personality I have. <laughs> okay, I was about 50 pounds heavier. You than got I a am face for radio, and, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. she's, your wedding pictures are awful, <laughs> <laughs> and she still married me. You're wow. a good looking man. Way to go me. <laughs> well, that's an unbelievable story. Thank you for sharing that. It, it's it's just really it amazes me, and it shouldn't the way the Lord works. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're in this office no right here, and part of the reason we're in this office. Look, I I, I don't praise at least I didn't before for specific things for me. I, I'm a very broad. You know, in mm-hmm. my prayer life, more general, you know, very general, yes. Mm-hmm. Or pray specifically for other people. Mm-hmm. Big brush stroke. I'm, I'm the type that feels like it's selfish if I say a prayer for myself. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I've I've dealt with retail leases before, but I never dealt with an office lease. And the night before, I was meeting some people at Dallas Gold and Silver. I was also going to be the next day looking at office space, and so I said a prayer specific. I said, you know, Lord, help me. Just guide me through. Help me ask the right questions. I've never done this before. Hmm. Help me, you know, give me the knowledge to just to ask the right questions, right? Mm-hmm. So I went to my meeting with the primary investor, Dallas Gold and Silver, in his showroom on LBJ and Preston. And I told him, I said, hey, by the way, you know what? I'm going to be looking at office space across the street from you in the, in the bank building right across the street. And he looked at me and said, Why? And I said, well, I told you what I'm doing. I, just, I can't do it out of my house. I don't want people to have to come to my house. So I need an office. And he said, no, why are you looking at that building? And he was like acting like he was mad at me. And I said, well, obviously, it's a good location. You put your showroom right across the street. It's a great location. He said, Frito, I own an office building. How much space do you need? And I said, I need a closet. And he said, go to my office building and pick out a closet, and you can have an office. So, I mean, it, within I, I said the prayer. The mm-hmm. night before, and within 13 hours, the prayer was more than answered. I didn't have to ask any questions. Mm-hmm. So. Amen to that. And just for all of our listeners out there, and I know as Mark just attested and Dan would uh, affirm, God 
loves for us to pour out our heart and mm-hmm. be specific in our prayer requests. I had a guy, a chaplain on one of my tours with Athletes in Action when I was in my early 20s, and I didn't really get this until I was 23, 24 years old on that tour. And this pastor, he really challenged me with exactly what you just said, Mark, about praying more specific prayers because you get to see the hand of God move and you get it. It's, it's not confusing. It's clear. You know exactly how and what God is doing. And, and in those broad general strokes, so it's good to pray for unreached people mm-hmm. groups or for yeah, you, you know, our country, the government, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I just think it's amazing how we get to see uh, the hand of God move speci- in, in specific and intentional ways in our lives when we pray specifically. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that, Dan? You know, it it comes to mind, you know, there's a, there's a guy by the name of Kyle Pearson that I know you know very well, mm-hmm. and Kyle will go out door knocking yep. in the apartment complexes. And we'll pray a prayer Just before we go out. for people, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll people, you'll yeah. go up, knock on a door and say, hi, I'm Dan Harker. We're here out just visiting people in the neighborhood, just loving on people. Is there anything we can, we can pray, pray for, for you, you on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I still remember asking Kyle one day, why don't I notice that you spend some time with more people with some and you spend less time with other oh, people. Yeah. I'm not quite sure why that is. And I said, I've been on mission trips and... And I love, I used to, I, I used to always, I was, before I ever went and knocked on door, I was intimidated about going and doing that and yeah. realizing, yeah, I don't know if you nod your head like, uh-huh, yeah, I, understand I understand that. that. Yes. I found that it is one of the most passionate things I love to do because, but he said, he goes, here's the thing, Dan, we pray that God will put us in front of the people that he's working in their lives right now. And there's some people. Amen. They're not letting him work They're in their lives. There. And so yeah. we're not going to spend time there. We want to go to all the people that where God's working right now. Amen. And so That's I think awesome. as, as we're making those, as we're saying those prayers that you were mentioning earlier about, you know, find the right spot. I think if, you know, he says when we believe, he's listening. And Amen. he's going to answer whether he's going to do it now or he's going to do it shortly. Yeah. Yes, no, and wait. Yeah. Those are, you know, three answers that God, you know, typically... Well, not typically. He always answers in one of those three. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no uh, other way he could answer. So tell us a little bit about your family now, Dan. You have 21 and 24-year-old son and a daughter. I do. Give us a little snapshot of the Harker family. Uh, so Haley is my oldest. She's probably my strongest-willed child. And okay. uh, she is a nurse in the NICU department at OU Children's Hospital. In oh, Oklahoma nice. City, and then her husband is a—he's in uh, CPA or on his way to being a CPA, working in that line of work. And then I have a son named Will, and Will is going to graduate in a year from OU, and he spent a lot of time with guys like Corey Butler and Chris Lovell, and yeah, yeah, uh, and feels Chris like Wood's God is ministry staff. That's right, called him into the ministry, and so he's oh, really working. Walking that path, figuring out what is it where God wants him to be, whether it's being in full time ministry or is it being in a a, a lay, yeah, et cetera. And so, yeah, with a heart just yeah. sold out to seeing kingdoms. But he loves down. to go out and he loves to go door knocking. And uh, he actually got to do an internship with Kyle last summer and uh, oh, um, just watching that. Having there's nothing like going and watching your son go on a door knocking. And, and, and walk into a, 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 the home of Muslims who were just getting, they were just finishing their, um, fast. Yeah. They were obviously Ramadan. hungry. Yeah. They were extremely hungry and they weren't really in the mood to hear, but Will plowed right in there and he just started talking about, hey, 
tell us, tell us where you're at. And, yeah. and, and, um, but it was a witness to me as, uh, as he was going through it. So, yeah. and then I have my wife, I mean, she's the, I call her the prayer warrior. Uh, I've known her for gosh, uh, 28 and a half years. And there's not a day that I have not seen her in the word. Mm. I mean, I don't care what day it is, what time it is. She will always carve off and go spend minutes in the word. And she has a prayer journal. That's a worn out prayer journal that she's had forever. And it's this, it's all in pencil. And, but I know I'm, I, I know that I, I feel confident that one of the reasons why I feel like God's been extremely faithful to us is that we got a, a very, she's about five foot three and she is a prayer warrior and mm. she, she's got calluses on the knees. And so I'm very thankful for her. And you know, my wife and, and my story is a little bit different from yours. I, you know, I was well into my thirties before I started even going to church. I was very fortunate to marry into a great family mm-hmm. and I was always, you know, I, I would read the Bible um, but I was always really intimidated to even think about going into a church because I'm walking in with no background. Mm-hmm. And so I married into this fantastic family who goes to church every Sunday. I went to church with them every Sunday. And I will be honest with you, Sherry, every night before she goes to bed, like a little girl, gets on her knees and Amen. and prays. And for the longest time, oh, wow. I didn't make fun of her That's awesome. at all. And so but inside, you were I, chuckling. No, I was laughing out loud, but it wasn't uh. making fun of her. It was, wow, that's so cute that you do that, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of diminishing, but I just thought it was really cute that my wife's like a little girl praying. Right. And then later on, it took on a whole new meaning. Amen. So, so it's really cute to see her do that. She's got the, the prayer journal. Yeah, um, and that she every night she writes in the prayer journal. Now, here's the thing about her prayer journal, though. Yeah, is that you can't read it. Her handwriting's awful, and I, I try and tell God her, can read like, it. Look, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you're praying to God because Isn't I think He's true? the only person that can read your prayers. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you guys have you guys seen the movie, the prayer movie? No, not that movie. Not the the one is a uh, um, gosh, uh, Lee Strobel. Oh yeah, the case for Christ. Oh my gosh, we I just saw that. I have not seen it yet. It's on my list. Oh, it, just, it just come out. Yeah, yes. it just came out. I'll tell you, guys, you got listen. Here's the thing. The thing it was it just fascinating me. I mean, and you go back. Now, to did the, you see it like last week? We saw it a couple weeks about, ago. No, a week ago. Okay. And it, there's an event that happened in Lee's and his wife's life that uh, prompted a conversation that she had with another woman. She became a believer, and he was. He was upset with her, and he was adamant that you need to stop this foolishness. I think, you know, growing up, I saw a lot of marriages end. And watching that movie, you saw how important, you know, a wife can, and if she's a strong praying woman, yeah. uh, she's got a faith. I'm, I'm convinced there is that God has a glue that somehow keeps that marriage together based on her being on her, on her knees. And it, that movie is evidence of that. You see her, she keeps, she's like, I'm not going to. I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to keep praying for him. And that there's a, they use in the verse Ezekiel 32, 36, or it's Ezekiel 36, 32. I can't remember the address. And it talks about uh, the person of a stone heart praying that they had a heart, oh, yeah, of, yeah, flesh. heart of flesh. And, and that was her. Stone, Ezekiel 36. And that was the prayer. How do we, those people that you know right now, you come, you come from yeah. that background in the, the broadcast industry or I'm in the real estate industry. And I come across people that have hard hearts all the time. And yes. I've got a client right now who's actually one of my agents on my team. And we've got a person who's got an incredibly hard demeanor right now. And I just start praying for this. 
I, I didn't even say anything to my my agent on my team. I'm going to start praying for that person that his heart will be softened. And mm. all of a sudden, it just the challenges went away. And I'm just convinced that you know God just softened it or just brought understanding in His mind. And I think that's that's I mean that's a promise in God's word. If we stand on that promise, Amen. You know, it's so He'll change and move. And that's you know I just keep thinking about the 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 position or the posture from which we're most ready for battle in this spiritual mm-hmm. war between uh, good and evil, darkness and light, the spirit of God within us and the spirit of the the world or, mm-hmm. or Satan that's in this world and in this culture and that we fight strongest from, from our knees. Thinking about little Sherry Friedman down on her knees with her hands clasped together. I know you can't see it. I know you can't see it at home right now, but just think about those little hands that Mark did a second ago. So did she become a believer before you came a believer? Oh yes. She was, she grew up as a believer. So you got married before you became a believer. Yeah. Yes. And so did she, did she ever talk about how she prayed for you? Well, here's, here's the thing that I was a strange case. Because and David hates when I do this because it's so wishy washy. It, it, it's 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 not that I was fighting it, or at least I did. I wasn't I wasn't fighting it on purpose. I always it made sense to me logically. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read the the Bible. I, I would read verses. I would mm-hmm. I would I would do that, but it was basically going through the motions. Mm. Um, and Sherry would ask me. So so Sherry wasn't she wasn't. Like, oh, I can't marry him because he's not a believer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Sherry probably saw the saw what was going on, saw the possibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but Sherry, would, Sherry would ask me the question, do you know if you die, do you know you're going to heaven? Wow. And my, She's my answer seeds. when we were dating to that was, he knows. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but did you know? Yeah, said, no. Said, Mark knows. did not know. Trust me, he knows. <laughs> were you a debater? <laughs> Yeah. You know what? I, yeah. I'm convinced everybody has a, talk, has a talk show host. You have to be a good debater. David, David's really good at this, too, because I'm the one that's been in radio all my life. But David's like, you can't make those facial expressions on a podcast because I can't see you. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm a debater, but everyone that I come across thinks oh, that I no. uh, Sherry calls he's me the instigator. Quick-witted. He's well, you know, smart. Scott Wilder. Yeah. Scott's a good friend, and mm-hmm. he is the master. He is a debater. Yeah, I mean he'll he'll argue a point. I'll, Come at you with both guns blazing, huh? He's not shy. <laughs> yeah. So I had a question. Yep. Going back to your son, Will, and for our listeners out there, the going knocking. I think we've used that term a couple of times. Why don't you explain to them? Because I know, and um, I'm an evangelism pastor at, at Preston. Incredible honor to, to serve in that role. Uh, with our really pastor. good at it, by the way. Well, thank you. But for a lot of people, you know, going knocking or knocking on doors, they don't know exactly what you mean. Would you let them know? I mean, your son did an internship. You've done it. So, you know, it's great to get under, go with someone who has done it before. And mm-hmm. I think there is the fear of what's someone going to say on the other side of the door. When, where I first got my first experience with it, I was in uh, Cuba. And I yeah. was on the trip down to Cuba, and I was with my daughter. I was with uh, Larry Taylor's son, Zeke. So a PCA, mini-master trip. And uh, we got there, and they said, hey, we're going to split up, mm-hmm. and Haley's going to go with this woman. Zeke, you're going to go with this guy. And Dan, we're going to go take you to see this guy, this guy's son who got in a knife fight at a disco last night, and we need to go share Jesus with him. I'm like... Okay. Wow, that could be intimidating. And so we start walking over there, and he and he says, "By the way, I'm going to interpret for you." So I've never 
I've never worked with an interpreter. So, and I know you've, Dave, you've done that a number of times, but so anyway, we just, I, I guess the thing that I learned when you go in is say, Hey, how can, is there anything I can pray for you on? I mean, yeah. it was a, it's a very simple conversation. You know, David, I came in, Dave, uh, how are you today? And yeah. if I was role playing with you. Sure. How, doing how, well. I'm doing well. Great. Doing okay. Thanks for asking. Uh, hey, we're out today just in the neighborhood and we're seeing if there's anything we can do for you, anything we can help you with. And more importantly, anything we can pray for you on right now. Yeah. Well, my son was at a discotheque last night and, you know, things just kind of went haywire. And before you knew it, he was in a knife fight and is uh, significantly injured. So whenever we get, Would you a, pray for him? yeah, well, and something like this, Raphael. we'll I'll come back and I'll we'll have a prayer. Yeah. Now, when we were down in Mexico and we were doing this, or Cuba, I'm sorry, it's amazing how God will take the conversation where He wants it to go. Yeah. You may be in your mind, you know. Usually, what we're doing is we've got someone else. If you're not the one who's talking to, you're the person over here who's praying. Yeah. Just or be praying. Just be praying yeah. for the conversation. Just, and this is praying silently. I'm praying yeah. for this conversation that you're having with this person. Yeah. And then, you know, it's uh, the one thing I found is I'd always trying to find something in common with the person. Right. You know, I'm a father. Your father, I bet your tell heart. Tell me about your children. Your, yeah, yeah, tell sure. me, you know, it's, it's kind of like God has a son and he loves him so much that he sent yeah. him down on the cross to die for his sins. You know, wouldn't you do anything for your son and the world? Yeah, and see how you so just slid, see how good he did that. He just slid the gospel in right there, talking about his love for his son and doing. But I think it's one of you come back and you just have to listen. People mm-hmm. just want to be heard, and yeah. and God will just lay out. The, it's like it's like a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, this piece goes down. Now this piece goes down. And he is constantly laying down. If you're faithful, God promises if we would believe. Yeah. in Him. He would take care of everything around us. He would take yeah. care of promoting us. He would take care of our needs. He would take care of watching over us. Yeah. And he does the same thing when you're sitting there sharing the gospel with somebody. So that was very similar to what Will would do and what we'd go watch him and what we ended up doing uh, going from door-to-door apartment ministry. And, yeah. We do um, it. It works here. We do it in Cuba. Yeah. I mean, well, we, Frito we just, and I just, just did it in Mexico. Mexico. And there's a guy on that trip. I don't know what Brandon's last name was. But Brandon, Brandon Stewart. Okay. Yeah. And Brandon was amazing. I don't know if you know Brandon at all. But I recognize that name. North Campus. Okay. And, and yeah, Brandon was guy. absolutely amazing. And the real cool thing about Brandon is when we went to that that little shanty town village. It's called the Colonial. It's basically a slum area on a side of a hill with squatters who own no land. The poorest of the poor in Tuxla Gutierrez, the big state. It's the capital state of Chiapas. We split up into two groups. Now, Brandon is in construction, and Brandon knows what he called construction Spanish. Okay? Um, yeah. Just like I, I know restaurant Spanish. Because okay? I worked in restaurants. But that does not mean that you can understand you know, mm-hmm. Spanish. Yeah. Well, we broke up in two groups, and Brandon was kind of the interpreter in his group. We only had and one interpreter for the trip. So, Frito and I were in another group. We had an interpreter, and Brandon, and go ahead. And, and Brandon, you could tell when he was assigned, he was, first of all, he was kind of surprised that he was assigned to be the interpreter. <laughs> and second of all, you could tell when he got assigned it that he was completely apprehensive, saying, Look, I know enough, but I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so we were in that neighborhood for about two hours. Yeah. And when we got back, they were just praising Brandon for the way that he was able to interpret. And later on that night, he shared with the group, he shared with me privately Yeah. that, hey, it was the Lord because he's, he, there was no way he should have been able to do, to do what he was doing and be able to translate what he was translating. He wasn't that advanced in Spanish, but for some some reason he said he was able to do it. Yeah. During that two hours. 
So just think, like what you're saying. You know, I think it's interesting. You know, when, you, when you're put in a situation like that, God, you're like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I need help. And it's like, all of a sudden, you're like, all right, God, I need your help. It's, I think he's looking for complete surrender it's the faith before he element jumps too. in. It's the faith. Yeah, you got to take have, that step of faith before the uh, the water part. It's like the that's Israelites it. in the Red Sea. I mean, they had to step into the water. but It wasn't like there's was a clear, dry path in front of them. And they said, oh, great, here's the way to go. So I, I teach Same Sun- with the Jordan River. I Jeez, teach Sunday school river. over at a, a for an adult Sunday school class at Prestonwood. Mm-hmm. I teach every sixth week. Yep. And we have six teachers in that class. And I am I am always the week, two weeks in advance, I think, I'm flipping out. Yeah, yeah. Because I was like, I've got a bunch of smart people in my class. And it's, I think God, I think, maybe I'm wrong to say this. I think God will allow you to go through stuff just up to the edge where he's, con- he's like, he, it's like he's pressing down and saying, mm. I've got this. Would yeah. you back off and quit? trying to own this thing and it's finally what and it's like it always comes together sunday morning yeah just as you're about like all right i know what i know what we're going to talk about today Mm -hmm. and i think he i think god uses that just to uh, create uh, more faith in in us to to believe in him and allow him to do it his timing is perfect no question and just backing up from a thirty thousand foot view the whole door knocking thing is an intentional evangelistic effort to try mm-hmm. to connect with the hearts of people that may be far from him. I just wanted to make sure that everybody that was listening but knew you know and what, Dave, understood and here's that. The thing because, of, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, finish, please. No, because so many of us within the church walls, we say that like it's a commonplace kind of deal. And um, for people that are maybe not familiar with going door to door in an apartment complex, that's rare. That's unusual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're not soliciting mm-hmm. or you're handing out, you know, coupons or advertisements of some business opening. They're just going specifically with the intent of connecting with the hearts of people and saying, Hey, how can we pray for you? So excited, thankful, grateful for men like Kyle Pearson. And, and actually our church, we're in plans right now to do something very, very similar based upon just the um, really? success and the way that yeah. God's um, blessed uh, those efforts of, of men in our church that are still doing exactly what you're talking about. You know, before we'd go out and go door knocking, we always say a prayer, God, help us to have the your eyes to see, your ears to hear, mm-hmm. your mouth to, you know, to speak. And yeah. that's one of the things is, that I try to remind myself every day before you go out into the business world, Lord, help me to be looking for that person who is hurting right now. How can I be someone's miracle? How can I be someone's answer right now? And, Amen. and if, as, as you're going out and you're, it's like, peel the scales off my eyes so I can be looking and listening for, you know, here's the thing, you know, I'm in, I'm in real estate. You know, you're, you're, you're constantly looking for opportunities. Like, you know what? It doesn't matter what job you're in, figure out who you can go help without expecting anything in return. God will take care of everything on the backside. Yeah. I mean, he's just called us to be faithful and go out and serve. Absolutely. Well, you just talked about it briefly, but tell us a little bit about how your faith informs the day-to-day real estate world uh, in which God's called you to to serve vocationally and for uh, you know how God's provided for you and your family. My my mom started this company when I was 4 years old and my dad was a pilot at Braniff and mom was a real estate agent and and I've watched this from the sides for many years and I finally when I left the radio business I went and joined the family in that business and after a period of years my mom and dad retired and my sister moved to Austin my brother left the real estate business and 
And it left me with this team of three admin, and I had a couple of agents on the team. And Yeah. God uh, kind of dropped it in your lap, it sounds it like. It was, though. and it dawned on me. I, I had a chance to go on a choir mission trip with a high school choir over to Europe, and, and we were talking about, you know, what's your ministry? And it, it dawned on me at that point. It's like, my ministry is my team. Yeah. Every day is, you know, yes, we are serving other people, but absolutely, it, it, my job is to come in and serve them, and to God's put them in my lap i'd say my responsibility to pour into them as it's turned out you know i almost caught the team of millennials because we've got quite a few on there and, <laughs> and and they are a different bunch how they think and how they talk and how they act and, so how do you intentionally invest pour into serve millennials you know because i'm not a millennial and, and mark may sound really young but i'm looking at him right now he ain't no millennial no, not at all <laughs> He's got the hairstyle, millennial. Uh, good looking. Uh, you know, I did not intentionally go out and look for these guys. It's who you are is who you attract. And about two years ago, I was challenged to go help coach other teams in the business. Yeah. And in addition to my my regular business. And so all of a sudden, I had to go start studying. And, you know, whether whether you believe you want to get strong in your faith or uh, whatever talent you want to get, and you start growing in that area, you're going to attract people who want that same thing. And yeah. one thing I started finding is I had all these people either fresh out of school or were early in their careers in the early 30s, and I started having them showing up on my door. And And the whole thing is, we want to make X amount of money. We want to conquer the world. Yeah. And the one thing I learned a long time ago um, is that God has called us to serve, whether we are going to be a part of a transaction or not. You know, we're, we're there to help give back. You know, uh, if you go out on an appointment, you don't earn the business. Yeah. The way I look at it is if I don't earn the business and I've done everything I can, God had out of the plans for that person. That's and I right. just got to trust it. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where am I in the journey? You know, they talk about when someone becomes a believer, you're either the person who's introducing them to Christ or you're somewhere early on the, on yeah, the game where you're just kind of peeling the touches. onion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peeling the onion. Well, I feel that's part of our journey that we do in real estate, you know, with the people that we serve. And just go out and look. For, I always tell everybody on the team, just go out and look to see who you can help. Regardless if it's a real estate business deal or not, it'll all come back. So how many people are on your team? So I have 10 agents on the team, and then I have uh, four admin support team. Okay, because one of the things I really like about doing this is just exposing people that are doing business the right way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that that really care about the people that, that that they are conducting business with, and it seems like you've got that under control. We've had people that have wanted to come on the team in the past, and and the image that they wanted to portray was not the image I felt as what that was honoring God. And once we start saying things and doing things that, you know, the old phrase, "What would Jesus do if He's here?" You know, that that's always been my mindset. How do we? I'm being held responsible in front of anybody I go in front of. God's holding me responsible. Dan, what are you going to say? How are you going to act in front of them? Because this may be an action that's going to, they're going to view it as, as me. Maybe I don't know. I'm witnessing to them, but it's, I'm in that journey. Where are they going to make that decision before they make the decision to follow Christ? And so I look at that each of my team members. You know, everybody on my team says they're a believer. Everybody in my Sunday school class says they're a believer. Yeah. I don't know where they are on their journey. They may be, weak they may be strong but yeah. i think god's still holding me responsible to make sure i'm acting in such a way that's going to push them closer to christ my actions my words are either pushing people away from christ or it's yeah. driving them closer to christ that's great now i'm going to tell you this too 
and we've said this on other episodes, we told you before the show that I like to talk about the faith stuff. Yeah. Shivers likes to go to sports. We're about 35 minutes into this. I know. We got a lot David of faith has not stuff. not gone to sports yet. And that I know, is a I was record. getting close. I was getting close. <laughs> uh, I only, I only had one other question and I know we've gone a little bit long on this section, but tell me about what you think is the most rewarding aspect of your role as the uh, chairman of the Prestonwood Pregnancy Center oh, man, board. Brother. You know what? If you could sum that up or just, I'll be, I'll be as in a, concise as I can be, you know, yeah. so I was asked by Alan to come in and help serve and volunteer on this position. And I'd never had any experience with it. You know, if anybody was going to be my wife, my wife delivers babies, that's her job. And so she'd be one of the most obvious people that would serve and be a part of that. And Alan kept asking, and I, uh, I finally uh, jumped in, and we had another director at the time. It, the, the the ministry had been through some transition, and we had yep. a new director on board, and it was it was launching and doing. She was doing uh, a great job, and then unfortunately she got sick and she passed, and we had an interim interim uh, woman's minister came in from the, the other Dallas campus, campus yep. Leanne Jameson. You know, each person who's coming in that role has taken us one step further where Christ wants us to be, and the thing has been interesting. That ministry has jumped leaps and bounds. This last May, they introduced the app. If you're familiar, Friends of Presswood Pregnancy Center, anytime someone walks into that Center, yeah, this is a fantastic is, deal. And is is abortion minded? Yeah, a, a message goes out to everybody who's a friends of Preston Pregnancy Center. Says that have downloaded be in the prayer app right yeah. now. Yeah, just download that. Be in prayer right now for an abortion minded person. They said based on that, there was a five hundred percent in that first month. There was a five hundred percent increase increase in decision to keep the baby. Yeah, and, and we've seen life. Oh my gosh, but we've seen, but not only just the baby being saved, but we've seen women and we've seen the husbands or the boyfriends that they've started seeing. They've seen changes in their lives. We've seen guys come to Christ because of, it. and they came out that you know the monk boys. Yeah, uh, did that video. unbelievable video. Who got that? It got like awards or something, it, and it went. It got prom- film it, Yes, I mean it was just a simple message we wanted to put out there. Unbelievable. But it video. was it was one of those videos that just reached and touched. And so we've been real excited about how many lives have been saved through that. And it, Leanne and her crew, and it's not Leanne, it's not the crew. It's it's. It's that combined team effort, and team. we've seen a lot of we've seen a, a relationship grow with the University of Texas Dallas, where it's right next to it. Uh, we've seen an opportunity possibly over in the Louisville area to be expanding in that area. We've got a new mobile unit that's about to be delivered, and we're excited about that. It's going to be able to reach other parts of the city that we've been reaching with the other mobile units. So God's doing some great wonders in that ministry right now. Fantastic, onward and upward. So tell us, we need to shift gears to the sports nation. All right, Harker. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know you graduated from Baylor, correct? Graduated from Baylor. Wife went to Baylor. Okay. I, I met her at Prestonwood. I didn't, know Preston. her, I didn't know her at Pro- Baylor. So you and Allison both went to Baylor. You didn't, but y'all weren't in the same class? She uh, we graduated older? the same year. She was a nursing student, so you okay. went to Baylor in Waco okay. for two years, and then you came up to Dallas, Dallas to, to, where she finished her nursing degree. Baylor Nursing downtown, mm-hmm. yeah. So you and Allison both, both went to Baylor. I'm assuming you're both... Pretty big bear fan still back in the green and gold. Absolutely, and I mean it's it's been a it's been a rough patch uh, here lately. And um, right, you know, but compared to 
but we were, you know, I was used to the Southwood Conference days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was to me that was that was that's old school. That I feel like. I mean, I love and Baylor 12, competed but, for those of millennials that are out there from Dan's uh, office. So listening to this. We got it. We Baylor were the top was really 10. good. In we the were the top ten. Miracle on the Brazos, David. There you go. You Neil, were there for that, right? Neil Jeffrey. No, that no, was, that well, was that was, right before, I was alive, obviously, but I was not a Bear <laughs> fan at the time. And, uh, Neil would appreciate that. But no, I mean, Baylor. So we had Cody, uh, Cody Carlson. Carlson we had Tom, yeah, Mickey. Tom Mickey. Uh, man, I'm glad, man, you remember for that. Sure. Name. Walter um, Abercrombie. Yeah. These are uh, guys Mike I used Singletary. to watch when I was a little old school. Guy. Yeah. Gerald McNeil, the ice cube out on the wide receiver. Eric Gilstrap. Uh, did you just say, you just, did you say Mike Singletary? Yes. Yeah. 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 You know how many helmets he broke down there? So I was, so I you're was, a yell leader when those teams are crushing. Well, it right those there, guys, right? well, I was when Cody Carlson and Tom Mickey Tom were Mickey, quarterbacking. Yeah. Doing the in and out every other series, That's running right. the veer. And then coach Taff was running. Mm-hmm. He believed in the run program. Yeah. I was not a Big huge believer in Carlson could running. sling it though. And he could he could throw that ball, but we got into the top ten. Yeah, and uh, but Mike Singletary before we got there, I was good friends with Coach Fix, who is the strength coach, and Mike Singletary broke five helmets. He cracked five helmets because wow. he led with his head. Wow. And he used his head as a weapon. And so He's got some CTE probably coming at some point down the line. We'll hear about it. Yeah, yeah, we'll hear about it. He's doing, he's doing okay now though. Yeah. Did you ever know a guy in the secondary uh, named Van McElroy? Oh, well, I know who you're Hard talking about. I didn't. I didn't know Van. Safety. There's still there's still a number still. of the Baylor football players that I mean, obviously go to Prestonwood. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ben Baker, was a wide receiver for him. He's he's in okay. real estate with me. And, yeah. Uh, Buddy of mine, Brad Stogner, was a tight end. Bra- on some of so those Brad, top Brad, he came I, in, I think, in '86. I don't think Brad. I knew Brad. His older brother, Gray. Also played so at I Baylor. Didn't, I didn't know him, but Brad played football while I was cheering. Okay. And uh, there you go. You know, one of my favorite stories is uh, I stood in front of the freshman line, and I had my partner in front of me. Yeah. And so we always stood next to the opposing team, and so where I was positioned, I was always next to all the opposing players. And so at the time, we're in the Southwest, Southwest Conference. Conference. Yeah. We're playing A and M. And mm. there was a coach for A&M at the time. And gosh, I can't remember his name. R.C. Slocum? After R.C. Slocum. Or maybe it was before. before this, Jackie Sherrill. Jackie Sherrill. Jackie Sherrill was, was there. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. There was a play right in front of us. Defense and wide receiver. The cornerback and wide receiver, they, they tangle up. And flag's thrown. And it's on A&M. And I'm like, great call, ref. <laughs> Jackie Sherrill is four feet from me. And all of a sudden, I see this head turn my way. And I kind of did the slow turn. And I, and did I knew he start dog cussing you at all? Well, I, I quickly walked work? away because I think he was not in favor of, of, of the short, white, skinny little, dude. The yell leader taunting him on that call? Yeah. And Jackie is the type that would have dog cussed Oh, And he said, we're going to throw, no throw a play over here and make sure you get carried out of yeah. bounds and take out the kid. So, so pro sports wise, who are your favorite teams? Do you follow any football, basketball, baseball? What do you, brother? I, you're calling out my man card team? right now. Wow, you know, I'm just curious. You know, Dallas Cowboys. I've been a Cowboy okay. fan. I, you know, I go back to Dee Dee Lewis. And one of my good friends uh, was Dee Dee Lewis. I mean, I you know Dee Dee Lewis. Lewis. I know his daughter Milna. And, uh, Milna so, so Lewis M I M E L N A. I was going with an I on that one. M I L N A. So I knew her from Sky Ranch. 
You and, and Milna worked, Lewis Milna, worked together? Milna. Milna Lewis. She was, Milna. she was a camper. She was a camper. Pay attention, Harker. I, I was working in the uh, out with a horse, and she's a big horse fan, but I knew him. And um, to you? I, so Dallas Cowboys. Uh, D.D. Lewis Rangers. was the second autograph I ever got. Oh, my goodness. Okay. He's a stud. Billy Joe Dupree was the first. First, yeah. And then D.D. Yeah. Lewis. And then fast forward years later. Mm-hmm. Now, David and I both worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car and found out doing this, doing this thing. <laughs> the green and white, baby. Come on. <laughs> so at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, D.D. Lewis rented a car. He came in and, to no, your branch. I went to a dealership to pick him up. Oh, and I didn't know. You got it, to ride with D.D. It, it was one of those situations where if you work in, at Enterprise, you know how this works. Sometimes you know who the customer is beforehand because mm-hmm. they make a reservation. Other Sometimes times the dealership just says, hey, we got a customer here. Come pick come him pick up. up. Yeah. So it was one of those come pick him up. And he was with a friend. As a former rental rep and car prep, I'm very familiar yes. with the process. <laughs> Please proceed, Mr. So, Friedman. So I went and picked him up and a friend. And I recognized him. And as we're driving back to the Enterprise, to did do you the get nervous? Um, I I said to him, I said, "Hey, uh, you're Dee Dee Lewis," <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I know that." <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful moment. But he was impressed that I was able to recognize him because this was years after he stopped playing and everything. Did you tell him about the autograph? I told him about the autograph. <laughs> so, real quick hits. What did you think of the draft this last weekend? Cowboys draft. <sighs> you know what. I was I was more interested in seeing what uh, I also follow OU football only oh, okay, because my yeah. kids went up there. Both your and, children, yeah, both of Haley them. and Will OU gra- Sooners graduated. My my son's I shouldn't pre throwing out that my son's been dating this Brianna Sweeney. So you know okay. Pat Sweeney. Pat, Pat comes Sweeney. to the Pat comes to the the men's Bible study on Fridays. Yeah, I know Pat. His daughter has been in dance forever, and she's been on the drill team crew up there forever. And so, does she go I've to PCA had, as well? She went to PCA, mm-hmm. and he followed. She okay. followed up there to OU. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I followed Joe Mixon yeah. and Diddy Westbrook. You know, and mm-hmm. with all the controversy those guys have had, and uh, yeah. I was more interested in seeing where they went. Uh, Baylor didn't do very well this year. Uh, they weren't. I think they had one player that went that got drafted and. Mixon ended up with the Bengals. Where did D.D. Westbrook end up? Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. What round? It was one of the uh, maybe his third or fourth round, somewhere in that range. And uh, so Westbrook and Leonard Fournette, Jaguars, oh yeah, yeah, pretty good yeah. offensive haul for the Blake Bortles and company. No, is this? But it, but it was interesting just to see how those lives were changed. You know, uh, if you're how many of those guys? I'm always fascinated by those guys who are drafted. How many of them are going to be playing a year from now, and how many will have money in the bank that they can live on? Ooh. Oh no! Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's an interesting issue. Stat. Yeah. That's that's a that's a serious issue in another in day. Leagues. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing about that, and we talked about it with John Phillips in one of these episodes that David didn't listen to. You're right. Right. Is it's it coming? I'm a, going to John. Room in any of these sports, one of the problems, the, the silent problems that they have, is that you've got rookies that are making 1.5 million dollars a year, which is mm-hmm. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But then the guy in the locker next to him is making 18 million dollars a year, and you've got the 1.5 million dollar a year guy trying to keep up with the 18 million dollar guy, trying to live like him. And yeah. it's, it's, it's it's not a good disastrous. equation. I wish there were more father figures that were. Mm-hmm with those guys because they'd probably make better decisions. Well, even though... 
Dan and Shivers and I went on speaking for about another hour about sports. We figured this is a good place to stop. You've got to know Dan. You got to know his passion. You got to know his religion, his faith, and the work that he's doing in the business community and in the community overall is just amazing. We really thank Dan for the the time that he spent with us. We also want to once again thank Tom and Jen Sherman of Benchmark Mortgage and Todd Metton of Wingstop for sponsoring the walk. So until next time, this is Frito for David Shivers, and we want to remind you to keep walking the walk.